season after season we've been listening to a lot of this shimla again here to flash floods have been reported as a result of cloud burst nearly 1300 roads were closed due to landslides and flash floods and 40 major bridges damaged Landslide and flash floods have been reported disrupting life and damaged homes in some parts of Uttarakhand. Delhi continues to suffer amidst the intense flood havoc despite Yamuna's water level now dipping to 208.12 meters. One could argue isme naya kya hai? Floods and landslides are a given every monsoon. But there's no denying the fact that climate change has made these disasters more intense and frequent so the question is what are our lawmakers doing about it well right now on the agenda of this current parliament session is the amended forest conservation bill this bill if passed in its current form may lead to massive deforestation in addition to shifting the control of forests from the local gram sabhas to the central government And that's why over 100 former bureaucrats have written to the government asking it to reconsider the provisions of this bill as it raises several questions. Will our forests lose protection? Will there be more commercialization under the garb of ecotourism? Will the bill's provisions displace the tribals? Will it support India's net zero ambitions? Do we really need better infrastructure in forest land when our cities are drowning? And will the government reconsider the provisions of this bill? We raise these and more questions with Tushar Dash, independent researcher on forest rights governance. It is always claimed that you know these uh, changes which are made in the forest conservation law. The concern which is raised is that these are all geared towards enabling and expediting a faster process of extraction and extraction uh, of forest land for various purposes. And also get some answers from Kanchi Kohli, an environmental law and policy researcher. there is skepticism there is definitely concern the manner in which forest diversions are being assessed and processed through law does not give ecologists and rights based activists and others confidence that existing forests are going to continue to be conserved in for people as well as ecology it's friday 21st of july from the economic times i am kalpana patak and this is the morning brief The Forest Conservation Amendment Bill was introduced in the Lok Sabha this March with certain amendments to the existing Forest Conservation Act or FCA of 1980. Now instead of being referred to the Standing Committee on Science, Technology, Environment, Forest and Climate Change, the bill was referred to the Joint Parliamentary Committee. And the committee members cleared the bill without any reservations. This is where the concerns began. The bill according to environmentalists dilutes some clauses of the FCA. It states that FCA will only apply to areas recorded as forest in government records as of October 1980. Simply put, land that was recorded as forests but not notified could lose its protection. This 
when only 21% of India's land area has forests and only 12% of this is intact or unbroken forest. According to environmentalists, though the bill sets out to preserve forests, its provisions are contrary to the objective of forest conservation. So what is the government really trying to do here? For insights, I turned to Kanchi Kohli, who is an expert in environmental laws and policy research. I asked her if the fact that there is no dictionary definition of forest is the root of the current issue. So forests have not been defined. There is definitely a types of forests that the forest department uses, forest working plans, the, you know, say open forests or tropical forests, etc. So there is a classification of forest champion said that is used. But to clarify, there is a working definition of forest that the forest department uses under the champion and said, you know, classification on the types of forests. There is an administrative definition of forest that is basically all forest that is recorded in forest record, in the forest department's record, or have been deemed forest over a period of time because of court judgments or some, some sort of reconciliation or recognition by state governments. However, there isn't holistic definition of forest that encompasses social, ecological, and administrative dimensions together. And that has been a controversial area, uh, which there are several iterations and attempts to do that, but that has not happened so far. So what you do see mostly in operation is a legal and administrative meaning of forest. It depends on the record keeping or through uh, legal and judicial interpretations on what is regarded as forest or not. So what do you think is the objective of the amendment? I think there's a definitely twin objectives and I think it's stated pretty upfront in this proposed amendment and the discussions have been going on for the last two years when the, even a discussion note had been put out in a couple of years back where the government is seeing the need to create additional land for tree plantations and encourage private players to come on board, that is important if the economic targets on the other side uh, need to continue. So if you see, most climate mitigation strategies include basically change of technology, say from coal to renewables and other kinds of technology or energy technology changes. But the other is if you cannot do that and if, if your targets cannot be met, then you have to create additional space to offset that loss. And this is one of the big objectives that the government is trying to do through this. And the only way to do it is to actually unlock and open up space for it. Otherwise, at this point of time, globally, every country is under obligation and pressure to actually report on both these targets. Now, opening up revenue lands or common lands for plantations will have serious implications on prevailing rights, whether it's pastoral or settled community rights in that area or the other ecological uses. So that while the government is trying to do this balance, it won't be devoid of its conflicts and problems that may, it may show up in the future. The other is, of course, the emphasis on security and projects of national importance. While border security is very emphatically mentioned as a space which this weather deregulation will take place, I think it's important for us to understand that these are the places where a large linear projects are being implemented, 
with its highways, including the Chardham Highway and all those kinds of controversial projects that we may have heard of in the past and where there have been problems. Also, the central government has made it possible through these amendments to be able to officially and legally use projects of national importance as the framing to say in future more projects and more kinds of non-forest uses, they will be able to put uh, reduce the regulation and regulatory oversight over that. So, I mean, if you could you could see that it would create space for monoculture plantations, including oil palm. It would create space for other kinds of projects. So, you know, the project-oriented framing, both for plantations as well as infrastructure and industrial expansion, is very much part of these amendments, along with an intention that we will create carbon sinks to offset the damage that these projects would cause or create the emissions that these projects would create. A carbon sink absorbs carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Forests, the ocean and soil are the world's largest carbon sinks. They help us tackle climate change and keep the climate stable. For India, which has decided to cut its greenhouse gas emissions to nearly zero by 2070, carbon sinks will play a key role. Kaju explains how this law will impact India's net zero emission goals. Definitely in the bookkeeping, it is likely to create uh, more, uh, you know, this India State of Forest report that came out in 2019 actually presented a methodology where trees outside forest areas, which is officially recorded forest areas, were brought into the methodology through which India's state of forest and forest cover is calculated. That data can then actually feed into the net zero goals as well. It definitely, through this process, more and more land comes under plantations, as is being envisaged, it will definitely positively impact the accounting for the net zero. That is not to say that it may not create newer problems, which are more localized, which kind of disregard the existing prevailing uses, the livelihood concerns, the uh, community level disenfranchisement that it might have, how it may impact wildlife corridors. All those those aspects will continue uh, to be a problem and may get exacerbated in certain instances. But in terms of the emissions bookkeeping, if the more and more land comes under plantations, it would help the government uh, in the bookkeeping, definitely. Better carbon goals are welcome. But the bill has left the scheduled tribes and other traditional forest dwellers high and dry. Tushar Dash, an independent researcher on forest rights governance, has been working with the tribal community for decades. He says the exemptions in the bill violate the Forest Rights Act or FRA. The Forest Conservation Amendment Bill is proposing to keep a large areas of forest out of Forest Conservation Act. Then forest land is very clearly defined that, you know, all forest categories, including the unclassified forest, undemarketed forest, the deemed forest, the protected forest, reserve forest, sanctuaries, national park, tiger reserve. So which effectively mean that scheduled tribes and other traditional forest dwelling communities have now got their rights, their legal rights over all forest categories, including categories which are sought to be exempted or excluded from the Forest Conservation Amendment Bill. Just giving one example, in Odisha alone, uh, almost like 40% of forest land categories come under the deemed forest categories. Now, if the Forest Conservation Amendment Bill is going to be effective and is going to try and exclude such large forest areas, then large number of communities in Odisha 
communities across all other states like Chhattisgarh, Madhya Pradesh, which also have deemed categories of forest. Many other states where there are tribal communities and there are these different categories of forest land and forest use would be affected. Importantly, also Forest Rights Act mentioned that on all such forest land, Gram Sabha will have the authority to govern and manage the forest areas. If the attempt is made to exclude all these forest areas, this is going to be a direct violation of FRA and it is going to impact statutory rights, legal rights of communities across different states and also violate the rights and, and authorities of the Gram Sabhas. That's going to be a major problem. What do you think is the government trying to achieve through these amendments? The concern which is raised is that these are all geared towards enabling and expediting a faster process of extraction and extraction of forest land for various purposes. Even the Forest Conservation Act also referred to this and in the particular sections which talk about exemptions, it says that the purpose is to fast track. Now, this idea itself is very problematic. We already see that this sort of approach of faster land diversion, forest diversions have already created problems, huge problems in the, in the Adivasi area, something which forest rights groups have been trying to raise. Now, if a genuine amendment is sought to be made, is to see that how the forest land diversions take place in compliance with Forest Rights Act. It is necessary that the Gram Sabha's consent must be taken. The kind of development which is talked about in the context of Adivasi communities, the most important thing to note is that development can come only when their rights are secured, the rights over their resources are secured. Tushar, can you help me understand what percentage of India's population would be dependent on forests for their lives and livelihoods? So, uh, according to estimates in, in studies done by various research organizations, and even by an estimate by the Ministry of Environment Forest, almost like 300 to 400 million, which almost constitute a quarter of population of India, are forest-dependent communities. These are also areas which are highly poverty-stricken. The rate of poverty and is very high. The human development index are very low in almost all the forest areas and areas where there are Adivasi communities. So considering that, it becomes very important that, that their rights and sources of livelihoods have to be secured. One of the major impacts that we see on livelihoods and the rights of communities in tribal area is the displacement and the impact on livelihoods due to mining and extraction. And it's not a new thing. I mean, it happened in tribal areas mostly due to mining and extraction. And uh, also because of that, there is a need to provide greater protection, which the Forest Right Act is providing, which the Supreme Court in the Niamgiri judgment has also reiterated, that these are areas which need special protection. We also spoke to two tribal leaders from Odisha and sought their views on this bill. These leaders have written to the Honorable President of India, Srimati Draupadi Murmu, seeking her intervention in withdrawal of the bill. Here's Gopinath Manji and Biranchi Birsa, two tribal community leaders, sharing their views on the bill. क्योंकि आदिवासियों को जंगल सुरक्षा करने के लिए या जंगल का जो रिसोर्सेस है 
उसको मेंटेन करने के लिए उसको प्रिजर्व करने के लिए हमको जब उसमें राइट दे दिया है तो ये अगर अमेंडमेंट करेंगे फॉरेस्ट कंजर्वेशन एक्ट को तो वायलेट करेगा अमेंडमेंट आने वाला है जो फॉरेस्ट कंजर्वेशन एक्ट उन्नीस सौ उसमें ग्राम सभा का जो प्रवर्धन है उसका जो कमेंट कंसेंट का जो जरूरत पड़ता है ये अब जरूरत नहीं पड़ेगा वो अपना हिसाब जो दे देंगे जिसको चाहेंगे इसको दे देंगे इसकी वजह से क्या होगा जो जंगल जो नेचुरल रिसोर्सेस है जंगल जो नेचुरल प्रॉपर्टी है आदिवासियों का यहाँ का जो बढ़ते रहते हैं उसका किनारे जो गांव है उसके जो अधिकार है वो अधिकार चला जाएगा और ये डायरेक्टली आपका जो इंडस्ट्री है इंडस्ट्री जितना भी इंडस्ट्री है जितना भी आपका मल्टीनेशनल कॉर्पोरेशन है वो क्या करेगा वो जंगल जमीन को आपका नॉन फॉरेस्ट पर्पज के लिए माइनिंग पर्पज के लिए इंडस्ट्री के लिए ये अप्लाई कर देंगे और उसके तहत आपका ग्राम सभा कोई जरूरत नहीं पड़ेगा या लोगों का कोई कंसर्न का जरूरत नहीं पड़ेगा करकर अपना मर्जी से सिंगल विंडो में उसको दे देंगे जबकि आदिवासी का जो उसका जो अधिकार है उसका जो राइट है ये सब खत्म हो जाएगा दूसरी तरफ वहाँ क्या करेंगे इको टूरिज्म भी कर देंगे वो इको टूरिज्म करने से हम लोग आदिवासी का कोई मतलब नहीं होगा वहाँ का जो आदिवासी रहते हैं उसी का जमीन को उसी का जंगल को खत्म करके वहाँ इको टूरिज्म करेंगे उस हम लोग का सब उसमें डर है कि हम अगर वो उन्नीस सौ अस्सी अगर कंजर्वेशन एक्ट को अगर अमेंडमेंट कर देंगे और इंडस्ट्री को देने के लिए मल्टीनेशनल कन्वेंशन को देने के लिए इंडस्ट्री के लिए माइनिंग के परवासी ले देंगे तो कहीं ना कहीं हम आदिवासी का ऊपर एडवांस इम्पैक्ट पड़ेगा हम लोगों का जीवन जो मीनस लाइवलीहुड जो हम लोग निर्भर करते हैं इसलिए हम उसको विरोध कर रहे हैं विरोध करके हम सरकार को ये जो अमेंडमेंट है उसका मत करिए जो सुनने के लिए तो बहुत अच्छा लग रहा है संरक्षण को बात इसमें बोल रहा है लेकिन तो ये सीधा सलग हम जो पढ़े इनका जो व्यवस्था है उनमें जो जंगल अधिकार आई और पेशा कानून को पूरा एकदम विरोध कर रहे हो काम तो यही व्यवस्था जो है ये हमारे लिए पूरा हमारे लिए बहुत सारे आदिवासी लोगों के लिए पूरा नुकसान के बाद है और दूसरे ये है जो कार्बन डाइऑक्साइड के बाद जो प्लांटेशन के बाद ये सब बोल रहे हैं जो तो उसमें हमारा जो जमीन है वो हमारे जो पारंपरिक अधिकार है उसको खनन हनन करने के लिए तो बड़े बड़े कंपनी लोग ये दूसरे व्यवसायिक लोग जो आएंगे उन जमीन हमारा जमीन को हड़प करेंगे तो हमारा जो आदिवासी लोगों का अधिकार था तो जमीन को जंगल को संरक्षण करने के लिए एनटीओ के वगैरह जो जंगल उपज है और जो बहुत सारे लघु बनकर द्रव्य है इनके लिए हमारा जो अधिकार था इसको भी इन लोग कब्जा करेंगे ये सिर्फ सारी जो चीज है हमारे लिए बहुत नुकसान के ये है जो बात इन लोग बोल रहे हैं ये सुनने के लिए मधुर है लेकिन हमारे लोगों के लिए नुकसान है ये इन द लेटर टू द प्रेसिडेंट ऑफ इंडिया Mr Marji's association campaign for survival and dignity wrote that the forest for adivasis is world view identity culture custom store of medicine habitat and motherland their suggestions that were invited before drafting the bill have not been considered i asked kachi if the bill becomes an act would we be going the brazil way and doing what it did to the amazon or would that be a harsher comparison to make I would hope not. I don't think the the forest conservation acts a lot of it is is being read down, or as as I said, it, a lot of more flexibility is being brought into the law. But it's not like there is no space for oversight if there is no in case there is intent either by the central government or state government. It's a great largely depend on how many more projects of national importance that are, will get declared. It depends on how much state governments will continue to hold control over. what kinds of investments they bring in there is skepticism 
there is definitely concern. I think it will be important in the future for the government to convince citizens to say that the manner in which forest diversions are being assessed and processed through law at this point of time, it does not really take into certain, uh, does not give many people, ecologists and rights-based activists and others, confidence that existing forests are going to continue to be conserved in, for people as well as ecology. So what needs to be done for this bill so that... Uh, it, it actually is a holistic one and in favor of the forests. I think we need a complete fresh thinking on this, which will be able to link global with uh, local, which will be able to actually present models that are not, you know, so at a principal level, present models that that, that now don't necessarily disenfranchise forest-based communities and they are partners in this process. It's about how economic policy is designed for these landscapes. I think some of these concerns need to be, I would say, brought up front in economic and industrial policy. Forests are our first line of defense against natural calamities. But increasingly, they are bearing the brunt of development. As we embrace growth to reach our 5 trillion economy goal, shouldn't our environmental ecosystem grow as well? Because for us as citizens, national security is not limited to being protected at the borders, but also security from national calamities and disasters, and a right to living and livelihood. So with almost a quarter of our population depending on these forests for their existence, can we really endanger them? It's public knowledge that India's forests are declining faster than new ones being added. The problem is, we are compensating our forests with mere plantations and still categorizing them as forests. So when flash floods happen and landslides occur, these plantations collapse. Given this fragile state of our forests, if the conservation bill needed any amendment, it should have been to add more responsibility of protecting them. That's it for today from me, Kalpana Patak. A big thank you to Tushar and Kachi for their insights and a special thanks to Gopinath Ji and Biranchi Ji. This episode was brought to you by sound editor Rajas Nayak and show producer Vinay Joshi. Executive producers Anupriya Nair, Anil Banchaudhuri and Aurajit Barman. Thank you for listening in. If you like this episode, do share it on your social media networks. Brand new episodes of the Morning Brief podcast drop every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. You can catch it on Amazon Prime Music, GeoSavan, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts and of course ET's own audio platform ET Play. Have a great day ahead.